0: you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at MashThoseButtons.com
1: Message coming in, Commander. Big surprise. The Alliance needs you again. Shepard, this is Admiral Hackett with Alliance Command. We've got a mission for you.
0: Hello, and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zonkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke and Corey Kurabara-Treadway. This is episode number 13, and today we are talking about more side quests, and then we're also going to get into the Bring Down the Sky DLC. Uh, So with all that said, let's get right back into it. Let's, let's move on here let's see if we I don't think this quest has husks but let's find out so this is the uh, the strange transmission in the Hawking ETA uh, this is one I remember getting from Hackett that uh, there, there's a, a father Kyle who's a cult leader and he's been critical of the alliance and he's built a following of biotics and so Hackett is basically like I need you to take care of this guy interpret that however you want <laughs> Wink, wink,
2: don't care.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you go to Presop, which is a a moon of Clendagon in Century, uh, the Century system in Hawking ETA. Uh, You find an abandoned camp with tracks heading west. Uh, The tracks lead to a crashed mining Mako, and there's a dead crew inside. Uh, You go to the compound. Of course they won't let you in. Uh, So actually, I did have enough Paragon at this point to convince them that I need to talk to Major Kyle so I can help them. Uh, I go through the base. Uh, you talk to Kyle. Uh, you need Charm or Intimidate to deal with him. And of course, I had none. So it ends in me fighting. And then now all the biotics that I walked through peacefully coming in, they're hostile on the way out. And then. Oops. Yeah. Then hack. And then at the end, hack, it's like, yeah, you, you, you did what you had to do there. But, okay. but nobody's going to fault you for that.
3: I did not. I, I um, intimidated my way through this and I, I let Kyle live that which i think i might have flipped to like a paragon call on that one because i'm not sure you can i think you can intimidate your way through it yeah you can intimidate him into backing down uh oh, wow. which was yeah it was a nice resolution it was like you, you can still get out of here without killing this dude if you want
0: is there any any significance that we can expect from him in future mass effect games or is that something we'll have to see
3: it's i mean it's nothing game breaking this is another one of those like you'll hear back about it but it's not uh it's it's not major, it's just like a little detail that comes in. There's no you know, galactic my, readiness, so who cares,
2: right? Yeah, I know in mine I was able to convince them like, hey,
1: I know you're having some problems, we can help you. We can get you the help you need. And going through the routes, it's like, hey, we can get you we get like a ship to come pick him up. And so like, hey, just talk to your people, tell them, like you're going to be going away, just get him calm down and they let me leave without a go without a fight.
3: Yeah, I just yelled at him and was basically like, look, dude, if you don't back off, y- y'all gonna die. Um, and he was like, oh, I guess I don't want that.
4: Well, I feel bad that I
0: killed him in his whole colony.
4: Eh.
3: Like I said, there's no galactic readiness, so,
0: I mean. That's true, that's true. Really.
1: Yeah. I love, I love uh voice. It's like, I'm surprised you got through that without killing anybody. <laughs>
0: He's like you saved a lot I mean, of lives. It makes sense because I, I, I think Hackett kind of wanted the guy dead. <laughs> yeah, that I feel
3: like he, that was the subtext. Was like, you, yeah, you know, like, it's okay yeah, if you, you know, I'm
0: not, I'm not saying you have to kill him, but if you know your your finger slips on the trigger, I'm I'm, I'm looking yeah, that way.
1: I, I know I c- I couldn't do it because I felt like I because especially this character like he didn't really like none really seemed like bad people here. He seemed more of he saw suffering from he. He's a veteran, he's got a lot of mental issues, and no one's taking
2: care of him. He needs assistance. And I'm like, I can't just kill you because you're having mental health problems. Let us help you.
0: This is that Disneyfied government of 2180 that uh, is not you know, funding his veterans programs. Shocking. When would that
3: ever happen? Yeah,
1: there, there is a weird thing, though. Apparently, you can kill all the biotics. In there, except for Kyle, and convince him to surrender. And Hackett will still say congratulations for saving everybody.
3: Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the bit is just flipped on whether you talk him down or not. Which is, if you want some free XP, I guess you can do
2: that. It, right. You know. It's just so weird just the- to say like bunch of dead bodies
0: How do you you saved everyone?
2: Yes, everyone that everyone that mattered. <laughs>
0: All right so so let's move on here the next quest is investigate shipments in amazon cluster. Oh no. And this one here. Is that this is where all my shipments for amazon come from. <laughs> it is I, I wonder if that was an intentional like you have shipments in amazon like I wonder if that was an intentional on on their part cuz hmm. it is it does seem a little coincidental. Uh but uh, anyway, so this one, it started for me here with Hackett radioing in to say that they received a mission complete from a probe from the first contact war, which was the war with the Turian. Uh, the probe has a 20 kiloton nuke attached to it to prevent tampering. And it seems as though the probe was intercepted and then sent to the Amazon cluster. So we <sighs> need to track down this, basically a ticking time bomb here and find out what's going on. Uh, so that we go to the adjubinium planet in the Amazon Cluster in uh, the Voyager uh, yeah. system. But
1: we, we also got to talk about. Mm-hmm. They really put a twenty kiloton nuke on a probe. Really, oh, I don't know what's going on up there. We we thought maybe it was someone hostile. Like, what if you didn't get someone hostile? Oh wait, look what just happened.
3: It's still pretty believable.
1: Actually, it's very believable. We've done that before, oh. haven't we?
3: Um, uh-huh.
1: I'm sad. It's pretty still much. stupid.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm not making a value judgment. I'm just saying it's
0: plausible. So this is a windy, rocky red planet. Uh, you find the corpse of someone who seems to be a tourist who got too close to the sun. Uh, you can track uh, the signal to the mine. Uh, when you get close, bl- blasting caps go off. And Ilanos Haliat holographically greets Shepard. And it turns out that he's the Turian responsible for the Skillian Blitz. Which that was the one like massive planetary attack that you could possibly have had Shepard survive for one of his uh, or her.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's that's where mine was kind of interesting. He's like, "You
2: ruined my plans." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're, "You're welcome." <laughs> uh.
0: So, uh, yeah, so he he's the he admits he's the leader of the pirates in the terminus se- sector, and he wants the humans gone from there. And so now he's just like, oh, you know what? I can kill Shepard. You're the first human specter, and I can get clout for that. That'll be awesome. Uh, so uh, the first thing you have to do is you find that the nuke is armed. Uh, you need to use all that, om- not all the Omni Gel that you have, but some of the Omni Gel that you've amassed, that giant mass of 999 Omnigel. Uh, you get to use some of that to disable it. And then uh, the front of the mine gets blocked off, so you have to exit the mine through the back door. Uh, Halyett and his goons are waiting downhill in a base and I suppose what you're supposed to do is, like, approach the base and actually get into, like, a firefight with them. I just picked them off with a sniper rifle at range.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's, it's you, much easier. Um,
1: yeah. I just put brought the Mako in and just ran him over. <laughs> <laughs> because this is, they don't lose experience. You could literally just bring the Mako in, just continuously run him over until he's dead.
0: No, I think... I think that my problem was that the Mako was out in the front of the mine and you come out in the back. So I did not feel like hiking all the way around the mine to get the Mako and then come back to fight them. Although I I suppose you, you could do that. Actually, I wound up doing that anyway, because I think, uh, I found the rear entrance to the mine first. Like I parked, I found the rear entrance to the mine and I wound up walking around and finding the front entrance, or, 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 and then I was like, oh, I should go get the Mako and come back and park in the front here like I should. And then I came out the back and I was like, wait, now I gotta do that again. So, yeah, that was a bit, uh, a bit annoying. But, yeah, so you, it, yeah, picked them off with the sniper rifle. And then, oh, they, it, yeah, they moved the Mako anyway. The Mako is over at their camp, uh, cause I did leave it at the front entrance of the mine, but then the Mako was near their camp anyway. So you're right, you probably did that. You just got in the Mako and, them
3: out. Very nice of right. them to move it. Yeah, because I also like backtracked to the mine entrance uh, and was like, "Oh, they moved my
0: car." Yes, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of.
1: Thanks, guys. It's like, where's my, like, dude? Where's your car?
0: It's pirates with valet service.
3: Here's here's a big question: Did they leave the Credence tapes?
0: So uh, the next quest I have here is the MSV Worthington UNC lost freighter and this is a ship uh from the Morrison company uh from Shanxi which that's the uh I'm not saying that right, it's like Shanxi or or Shang-Chi, Shan-Chi, yeah Shanxi yeah. that's where that's where Ashley's grandfather uh was a complete wuss and gave up humanity hey, to the turians He wasn't a wuss he was he was outnumbered
3: by like incredible odds I
0: he was a wuss, and the Williams were 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 failures and frauds until Ashley heroically gave her life in the Battle of Vermeer. That's the story.
1: I don't know. Her sister was, I don't think, was a wuss. So,
3: yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Ashley's side on this one. Like <laughs> she explained yeah. it, the way she explained it, it's like you're facing overwhelming odds. You need, civilians are dying. Turians are bombing entire city blocks to get rid of just any military presence. Like just.
0: I don't know. Sometimes surrendering, you know, you save more lives. I don't know. If, maybe if he had, like, a probe with a 20-ton nuke, he could have done some damage.
2: Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> that's that's the, the, the saving grace, the 20-ton nuke.
3: Turians notoriously respond really well to being, like, nuked or having asteroids dropped on them. Also very true.
4: <laughs>
0: so. So this ship, it's floating cold in space. Uh, It's near Ming in Gemini Sigma. Uh, The cargo hold is booby-trapped, but there's no signs of life or enemies. Uh, You find a computer log about uh, some guy named Jacob who is dying and a Julia who is depressed about it. Uh, You find Jacob, and he is brain-dead on a life-support machine. Uh, The crew log uh, is a woman who is determined to save Jacob and not taking her meds, so presumably that's Julia. And then you find a log of a doctor saying that they're going to shut down Jacob's life support. And then in the middle of the doctor recording that, Julia attacks him. So you wander around the ship and then finally a Julia ambushes you and you have to kill her. I don't think you're able to like talk to her in any way. No. She's pretty wild at that point. She no, jumps she, you. She ambushes, There's
3: yeah. no way to do this. That isn't you killing her. Yeah.
0: And then at that point, you're left with a dude on life support and like everybody just dead.
2: Yeah, that's so what so,
1: one of those so, that Julia is a very strong biotic character, though.
3: Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe the mania or whatever overtook her is the explanation. So she gets bonus biotic powers or something. Uh, but yeah, she hits hard. Well, and she pops up like right behind you. So she can pop up, like drop a warp or something on you and then take what should be something quick and make it kind of annoying.
2: Yeah.
0: So did you guys... Let Jacob live, or did you... Like, well, I guess letting him live is a relative term, because, I mean, how long until life support runs out, but... Yeah. Did you leave him, or did you, did you just shut everything down? I turned it off.
1: I think I, I left it on because I didn't want to be the one responsible for letting the body die. I'm like, that ain't on me to choose.
0: Fair enough.
3: That's fair. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of sort of moral quandary wrapped up in this little vignette, basically. Um... There are no consequences for your decision, unfortunately,
2: yeah, but'
1: virtually what is the right decision though, letting the person right. just like since they're branded I'm, like
3: I'm just saying there's no galactic readiness
4: yeah
0: yeah i don't i i i think I think vignette is a great word to describe this and and I think that's the thing is they couldn't give you any sort of. Like you know, galactic readiness out of this or anything like that, because the, like what, like what is the right? to Like you can legitimately discuss that, and and I I I wish I remembered what you whether you got. Yeah, I'm assuming you probably got Paragon for letting him live and Renegade for letting him die. I um, don't, remember. but I don't. know.
3: I, I I don't know. There's don't so. no there's no points. Like that's what I'm like. There are no consequences. Oh, so this to is this decision. this is a complete. This
0: is like a complete philosophical exercise. though. Yeah.
1: yeah. Look, they don't, they don't, they don't tell you which is the right decision. You literally are just left like, "Well, did I make the right one or not?" Like in real life,
0: Shep- <laughs> Shepherd is not going to care. I'm, I'm just going to say that, like, this is an interesting little philosophical quandary to, put, to find yourself in, and you know, we could talk about this at length, uh, but ultimately, I feel like. For Shepard, who has been through everything that Shepard has been through and everything that Shepard will be through, like this is this is not going to register at all. Like I can't imagine like Shepard laying in bed at night and like trying fa- struggling to fall asleep because this is the one decision. Like, oh, I should, should shouldn't shouldn't have turned that guy's lights. The, the one that off. got that them. No, yeah, but yeah. Like no, like like if Shepard's going to have like severe PTSD and whatnot at the end of all this. Oh it, yeah, it she- will, yes shepherd's gonna it be a will not mess. be for this
3: oh yes i you know it, I, yes but uh, so two things one i think this is nice f- as you the player you get to role play like this is yes. this is something that really is the decision you make and like what kind of character you're playing i think you you just get to do that and it informs it also this feels this does feel like one of those details that like we're talking about this and and As somebody who recently had a family member on life support, like, it hits a little different. It really Mm -hmm. makes you think about it um, in a way that, frankly, I've never thought about this before.
1: Well, it comes down to a lot of times, like, certain people have found out that, like, your brain lasts a bit longer than they think. So what is actually brain dead means is not always true.
3: The whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's just such a, so yeah, I I don't, I I like it. I, I really like now that we're talking about it. I like that there are literally no consequences in the game because then there's not like a, it's you're not gamifying this at all. There isn't a press this button to get the points that you want. It's just do whatever you think.
0: What if you took the, the, the person on life support? and put them on a dragon spire (laughs) would
4: that be saving them
2: or is that effectively condemning them i we've
3: just we're just sitting here like we're all staring at each other in the camera yeah i have no idea um, I would say,
1: like, with the way that it works, that it wouldn't need your brain to be working. So, you're condemning their body, at least. I don't know
2: about the person themselves. Maybe you're putting them out of their misery, finally, or... Huh.
3: This is one for the philosophy majors, I think. Like, <laughs> I,
2: I guess you're giving them their
1: cool robot death that Chip wanted
3: yeah 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 what if it's like what if it's like me personally i think that what might be pretty cool um i would take that actually i would take that over having my life support turned off for sure i'd be like yeah turn me into a crazy robot i I don't know what that says about me but i don't think it's good
1: (laughs) 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 i mean you're donating your body to the reapers that's a that's a good that's a good worthy cause for somebody (laughs)
3: Well, you know, when you put it that way, it does sound like kind of a dick move, huh? Oh. <laughs>
0: cool. Well, I guess what if you've, you, you... Okay, so what if then you, you take this person who is now a husk and presume, assuming that you're able to contain them, that they're not just wandering around, you bring them to either Exogeny or uh, uh, one of the other... I can't think of the the, the one from, from Novaria, but uh, synthetic you know, one, one of those companies... Yes, thank you. you Actually, synthetic insights would probably be the one you want to go to. Right. Uh you bring it to them and you're like, okay, now here we have this gentleman. He was brain dead. Now he's a husk. You're free to study him. Just keep him alive.
3: I mean r- going back to my previous answer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh but
1: it does be interesting things like if your brain did it brings you back do you get to bypass some of the reaper bra- brainwashing because it wasn't actually there when they were
0: uh, see i don't know again I, I, I do husks even like have a brain i mean the, the, you know beyond they, they run around and they they jump at people
1: i don't know they might have just reused that part for for just a new transmitter for the reapers controls so that's also a good point
3: yeah, that data's probably not recoverable. Like, I don't think they're going to restore your brain functions.
0: It's still cool, though. I guess if... Now, I guess here's a question, then. If somebody could find a way to reverse the husk process, which I... I and I don't know that that's necessarily possible, but if they could, you could theoretically save somebody, then, by do, by, by doing this. Turn them into a husk, reverse the process, and maybe they come out all right again. So who knows? We don't, maybe
1: even stronger now. They have
0: if they you, have power. But
3: if you, if you, let's say you could upload your brain, uh, you could scan your brain and upload it into something and uh, wait for a future technology where they can dump your brain into a new body or that imprint of your brain. Are you still you or are you a copy of you?
0: see i would say in that case you're a copy but uh, because did you watch uh upload on amazon no because they like they literally deal with that question it's it's actually i i'd I'd recommend it it's a it's it's a good it's a it's a good enough sitcom i mean it's it's you know Uh, but if it's it's like a a cheerier black mirror like the universe is just as uh, dystopian and just as depressing but the characters there are like you know, it's like sitcom characters that you're like, okay, these people are all cool, and and I don't mind, you know, ch- you know, hanging out with them for like a half hour for a few episodes. Um, okay, I'll have so to. Yeah, watch I'd recommend those. that, but yeah, but they, uh, but they get they they do they do get into that a little bit. Yeah,
1: I will say uh, also, so. if you want to play, it, have a game that's kind of similar, check out the game Soma. That's got a very interesting take on on something like similar to this. So uh, I won't say anything because I, I can't say much about the game without spoiling it. It's a good thing to experience, but please. Take a look at Soma. It should be available on most platforms.
3: So there's one more side quest in our list, uh, and you only get it uh if you amass enough uh renegade points. And I think it's the tier is if you get 80% of your max possible first, or if you get 90% and you also get a ton of uh paragon points. So if you were perhaps using uh a points exploit, uh you might be able to do this as well. But most people, I think, don't see it if you don't do a Renegade playthrough. And it's really funny because Admiral Hackett shows up uh, or he calls you as you get to the it's in the Hades Gamma and he calls you and and basically says, hey, so we're trying to make a deal with this guy and uh, it's, I have a diplomatic mission for you. Um, but very like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like however it goes, don't worry about it. Uh, And so he sends you down and you you go to this dude's base uh, and you start talking to him. And he is just a tremendous ass, like just like the rudest possible person. And you can like theoretically get all the way through uh, and let him just berate you and insult you and say that like the Alliance is trash and you should all kneel before him. And how dare you, you know, even let his... Name cross your lips. You should call him Lord. All of this stuff, you can politely like grit your teeth and talk through it, and you'll go back. You'll talk to Hackett, and Hackett says, huh, Did not expect that outcome." Uh, or you can kill him. And I went through all of the dialogue to to let him yap, and then I reloaded my save and killed him because it's a huge jerk. <laughs>
4: I
0: have to say BioWare does a very good job of making some characters so obnoxious that you get a little bit, like okay like that that guy got what he deserved. Like there's there's one encounter in particular I'm thinking of in Mass Effect 2 where um you know and they have the the feature in Mass Effect 2 where you can use like the the paragon or the renegade to like interrupt certain se- sequences and yeah, there's there's a few times, but there's one in particular which we'll get to eventually that uh, I still think of the, to this day, and I'm like that was just so delightful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all credit to Bioware that they they put this character, and I do vaguely remember doing this quest on my Renegade playthrough way back in the day. Um, but yeah, it's it's there, there's there's something. Yeah, so, there's something about being able – like, just visceral about being able to just punch some of these people in the teeth. Yeah, and it is – uh, worse. And it's
3: like if you are not just, uh like, obsequious and, and very – I don't think I'm using that word correctly. But if you are not just bowing to this dude and kowtowing to his every word, he gets mad at you and then you fight him and kill him. So it's real hard. Like, you really literally, like uh, – I know in the, the female shepherd recording, like, you can hear – Jennifer Hill just kind of gritting her teeth, you know, like, okay, sure, whatever you say, buddy. And it's it's very funny.
1: I yeah, know that the Paragon has a has a similar mission, but it's not nearly as uh, funny as that one. <laughs> for For this one, it's called the UNC, uh, UNC besieged Base, where a bunch of biotic terrorists take, uh, take scientists hostage and drug them to use as meat shields. And in the, I think the older version the game, you had to make sure you're like, you had the Paris, your teammates either turned off or didn't bring them with me, with you. They didn't kill the civilians. While well, you
2: infiltrate the base and try to kill all the biotics in there, or you try to keep a hostage. But, uh.
3: Yeah, this one's tough because it's easy to take a few of the hostages out, even if you really don't want to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I normally that I usually go by myself, just so I can just easily just pick off the biotics. Like, cause sometimes they won't do anything; just get in your way, and the they, the
2: uh, friendly AI will try to kill them because they register them as a target.
4: Yes, yeah, I think when I did that, I
0: I got most of them. <laughs> that <laughs> like sounds I think, right. I think I think like Rex or somebody might have taken one out, um, but yeah, after after uh. I think after, yeah, after you kind of figure out how they're they're holding the hostages and whatnot, what the patterns are, you can kind of work your way around and actually get everybody. Or I think the other thing you do, I, I wound up doing, I think I just ran and punched everybody. You can, I, I you, you can do that. Yes. Yes.
3: They, like, teach you the mechanic on Ferris and it works again, as long as one of your squad mates doesn't accidentally pop off a shotgun blast or something.
0: Yeah, the- I'm trying to remember if I was able to. I think I had the thought, because uh, you do still have the um the concussion grenades i didn't try them from that you make on ferros you they, they stay in your inventory oh yeah and i don't remember if i was actually able to use them or not i think i, I might have had the thought after i got there, was like oh i still have these i could have tried to use those Um uh, but yeah i just you know it, 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 there's sort of the initial first wave where it's like oh crap you're kind of caught off guard a little bit and then like yeah i think rex shoots somebody and then you're like okay now i'm just gonna run around and punch everybody and take it out and then uh yeah, it kinda works out okay.
1: It's also interesting, this is a due to a bug in this game, it doesn't actually matter what you do. Because uh <laughs> for some reason the game there's a bug in this thing, so it doesn't actually change the flag to if you even you save everybody, it doesn't change that. So it always registers huh. as you killed everybody, even if you didn't. Oh. So like most rest of the game just says that the uh the Serata Foundation was able to recover from their attacks on this facility and had to shut down. Huh, and like, uh, and also like the uh, the announcer, like when you're in the go in the, in the elevator, said like
2: it was a bloodbath. Huh. Oh no. <laughs> I it's didn't. Like did think they
3: f- fix this for legendary? Uh, is this one of know, the quest bugs they fixed? It, 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 it doesn't look
1: like they fixed this one.
4: <laughs>
3: oh no. Oh. I we'll
1: have to check. I we'll have to we'll have to check again once I play through Mass Effect two and three. But so Maybe. far it is.
3: Maybe the subtext becomes, well, even if you saved everybody, some sort of, like, government black ops thing came in and, like, took them all away. Or some corporate black ops thing uh, came in and took all the hostages and did something nefarious to them.
2: Yeah, it
1: is interesting. There is, like, there is three different messages you can get depending on how many scientists are killed. If uh, five or six are killed, it's like, you have cleared the facility. The collateral damage was heavy. But the alliance does not negotiate with terrorists. Evolution of humanity, huh? Those bastards didn't seem that different from the other scum you deal with. And then you only kill like one to four of them. It's like you clear the facility. Civilian losses were tolerable. In the same dialogue as the previous one, but uh... And finally, it's like if you don't, if you don't kill anybody, you can clear the facility. All civilians are safe, though still chattering to themselves and screaming at the garbage
3: cans. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. It's not as funny as uh, as the Renegade one, but that's funny. It's weird because I remember that. I remember it was like if you save all of them, you get something different. But it's it's I didn't know that it didn't actually like save in the game.
0: It it's funny because what what I think what, what Bioware is doing here is brilliant in that most people. Will have sort of, I think, made the conscious decision, I'm going to play as a paragon, I'm going to play as a renegade, and therefore, I am going to approach every interaction with that overarching mindset in mind. And so they're like, okay, well, if, you're, if you've been going through and you've been leaning heavily in this one direction, we're just going to give you a quest that is right up your alley. That... We're going to, you know, kind of, it's not even a test. It's not even a test. The renegade one is not even a test. Like Hackett is literally like saying he like.
3: really wants you to put him down. Yeah. He, he's. Yeah. He all but comes down and says like, just kill this dude, please.
0: Like he knows you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're like a, like a, a, a trained, like attack dog. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's just, he's just sicking you on there. He's, he's like, I, I, I know how you are and I know what, I, I know what I expect you to do. And I, I would think most people who aren't like, you know, following the quest closely on like a wiki or, uh, you know, or, or at least on their initial playthrough, if they haven't played through the game several times, uh, you know, they they might, you know, they might, you know, save scum to see like what happens and then go back and, and make an actual decision. But I think most people go, just going through, if they're doing a reneg- Renegade or Paragon, they will approach this as a Renegade or a Paragon. Right. And so it's, it's, you know, well played by Bioware to just lean into that and be like, oh yeah, because... You know, I mean, yeah, you could give the Paragon the quest, like, go negotiate with this guy that we want you to kill. And, like, I think most Paragons will let him live and, heck, it would be confused. Or, you know, you send the Renegade in on a hostage, you know, mission like that. And they're just, I don't care. I'm just going to mow everyone down and be done with it. So it's uh, very well done by Bioware to, you know, kind of put these missions in that specifically play off your tendencies.
1: And it's all interesting they're, they're locked unless you get the right Paragon and they give you the mission. Because a lot of the other ones you can just discover. But here, you could discover the location. But if you don't have the right Paragon or Renegade, you can't touch it.
0: So I think at this point, let's move on then here. Uh, we'll, we'll finish up with probably the, the biggest side quest in the game. Uh, and it, it, it's that way because it's the DLC for the game. Bring Down the Sky. Asteroid X-57 is a large metallic asteroid between the planets Boar and Terra Nova. Due to a funding shortage, the asteroid was mined out with the interior set for habitation. Fusion torches were used to push the planet away from Bohr and towards Terra Nova. Recently, communications with the engineering teams have gone lost and the torches have been reignited. The asteroid is now accelerating towards Terra Nova. Shepard arrives about four hours before the estimated impact. The commander and their team come upon the corpse of one of the engineers, who appears to have been executed. They discover that the central transmission tower is out. Upon fixing it, they get a message from someone named Kate to indicate that they are going in the right direction. Battling through some turrets, Shepard arrives at the fusion reactor and encounters Batarians with their Varan companions. After combat, Shepard shuts down the first torch and gets another message from Kate. She reveals that she is Kate Bowman, one of the engineers on the asteroid. She is hiding from the Batarian extremists who have claimed the asteroid, Shepard then meets Simon Atwell, the lead engineer who explains that the Batarians, led by Balak, plan to use the asteroid to blow up Terra Nova. He sends Shepard out to find his two remaining engineers while disabling the other torches. He mentions that Kate was with her brother Aaron, who is on the security team. Shepard finds another engineer corpse and disables the second torch. Balak, meanwhile, discovers where Kate was hiding and kills her brother Aaron. Shepard disables the third torch and encounters Charn. Batarian mercenary working for Balak. Shepard can either battle Charn or convince him this mission isn't worth the risk. Either way, Shepard gets the keycard to the main station. Shepard finds the body of the last missing engineer and then enters the main station and encounters Balak. Balak reveals he has rigged charges around the station to blow up the hostages if Shepard attacks him. Shepard can kill Balak or let Balak escape. Shepard then has to disable the timers on the charges. The hostages survive. Shepard can meet again with Simon Atwell, who can also find Kate Bowman before heading back off into the galaxy asteroid x fifty seven yeah. We've mentioned this before, um usually in comparing it to other quests. This shows that it's the first d l c because in a lot of ways this feels like this feel this feels like it was made at the end of the experience like or you know like they had learned how to put stuff together. You know, assembling the game that they're like, OK, we're going to give you a, f- uh, a full experience here in like what, like a half hour, an hour. I mean, it's, it's a relatively short, uh, you know, mission here. I, uh, but just from the get go, when you when you take it, the voiceover of, of Shepard and, and Joker on the comms, I think it's Shepard and Joker. You're, you're getting that interaction while you see the Mako landing. It feels very cinematic. Yeah.
3: This is I feel like this was their transition period to what like side quest became in Mass Effect 2. Uh and, and I think this is a really great point. It really does show them progressing in their sort of level of comfort in designing these things.
0: Yeah, because they bring they bring a few different parts together and it, it doesn't feel like any other quest. I mean just if, I mean just for its sheer length for starters, but then again, I mean it is also the DLC, so there's it does have like little side quests within it sort of um
3: yeah and that's so that's th- fun because it's kind of this mix of like here's the mass effect one quest structure of land on a planet do some stuff um but with like kind of a meteor uh bunch of activities to do on the planet but then like the main mission has those like cinematic sequences and little conversations and stuff
1: yeah and you also this is like the first time you get to see the batarians in this that's mission. right yes also like I'm not sure if everybody knew this, but before you actually, if you don't actually download the the DLC, the codex entry for Batarians shows a different alien than what you see in "Bring Down the Sky."
2: Huh. Once you download that DLC, the codex gets updated with the new image.
4: So they changed the Batarians at
0: some point.
2: Yeah, they they, they went through a change because one of those like non, they were, like the,
1: there was a codex entry for them. It was a non-council race, but it looks like they weren't exactly finished with it. And then when they made this DLC, they had That's a different funny. idea. They changed it. So, like, if you hadn't read it, you would have no idea that there was, a, there was anything changed.
3: Well, they, there's lots of Batarians in Mass Effect, too. They were probably into development on, Two and said, hey, we've got, like, art assets now. Let's let's go with it.
0: Yeah. Or, they, or at least they knew that they were going to be using the Batarians and say, like, yeah, let's, we'll build them here because we're going to be needing them later. And yeah, the Batarians—they show up very quickly in two. So,
1: Well, one funny thing for the Batarians is the French version has a change in it. They're the Boutarians instead of the Butarians, because the French word "bâtard" is, uh, which is, is pronounced "batar," means bastard.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> to, be fa- to be fair, uh, the Batarians are a bunch of bastards. It's
2: very true. That's why I kind of wish they kept it. <laughs>
3: I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe to the point where, like, maybe part of the process of coming up with the name was somebody was familiar with French and <laughs> said, this will
0: be funny. <laughs> and then the French localization team was like, that's not funny.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we yeah. Uh, I kind of want to read about this though. Like, I kind of want to read like an art. I should see if I can find any articles about like the development history because that would be so great.
0: Overall, what did you guys think of this DLC? Then was it worthy of uh Mass Effect? I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean i I think it's great. I don't remember how much I paid for it. I feel like if it was ten bucks, it was good. It was it was a good ten dollars of content. Maybe a little bit too much, but for two thousand seven DLC prices. Sounds about right. Um I really enjoyed it. It's, you know, they they actually made new art assets for, like, the final building you go to. The other three buildings are just blue versions of the same, like, sort of above ground space habitat or a, a planet habitat module. But that's okay.
1: The, the interior is a bit different in, in the later parts of it, which is nice. They did a little, like, the final building has a nice interior change.
3: Yes. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. That was nice. I think it's, it's like the fight with Balak uh, and your decisions here. Like you get to make, you know, those kind of bigger, more important decisions. So um, it's good. I mean, it's it's good world building. I, I overall enjoyed it. As far as I know, I wasn't mad about how much I paid.
2: Oh, like, like
1: particularly for this one, like outside of like expansions for like certain games like Diablo and all that stuff this would be like the first games I actually had like a DLC, like bought it from the internet and downloaded it to my console. Before that, I, I'd usually just like didn't buy DLC cause I was either a kid or didn't have money. So I'm like, well, I'd like to try that stuff, but not going to happen. I don't have the money, but I actually had my job and a money down this time. So I'm like, yeah, I want more mass effect. Let's play this. And I had a great, like even if you playing this, I still had a lot of fun. I'm like, and I was just so amazed by all the like how much better it looked compared to the rest of the game. Like, yeah, this is where it came on later. And then like, it was really interesting with the turrets in there because like usually turrets just sit there; they don't do anything. These ones, you need to be the right distance away, and they're gonna have a shield up. And it's like, well, I can't shoot you now.
3: Yeah, those turrets yeah. were kind of annoying. Uh, that and the I did not enjoy the minefield. Um, minefield I mean, the minefield sucked. Yeah. It's just bad cuz like then there's some point where you have to you're running through there and you you've got guys shooting at you and the mines are very sensitive, let's just say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the yeah, the, as soon as I was able to turn off that minefield, I was like, okay, this is this now now we can do this my way. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, like I, what did you guys think of the side the side mission part of it, where you had to find the engineers that are missing,
0: find their bodies, Yes, right. find
1: their bodies. And also, like um, I think a couple of like re, like reading what actually happened to them is like very brutal at times. And just super sad. Like one person, like like, like freaking out in a bunker, going, wondering what's gonna happen? Like I hear them put something on the door. There's something. Tell my wife. Blah.
0: Yeah." <laughs> and then the uh, there's the one body that appears to have been that appears he surrendered and was executed.
4: Like, oh I mean,
0: right. The the, Pter- the were not messing around here.
3: Yeah, I mean this, you know, I mean it definitely is like I think it's good world building. I feel like um it, you kind of have to go through a lot to find these dead bodies. I my favorite side content of this is the pirate radio station. Oh yes. I love oh, that. <laughs> yes.
1: I don't remember this. I don't think I found this.
0: Or maybe I forgot about it. It's like a transmitter up on one of the mountains.
3: Yeah, it's this this transmitter and it I'm not even sure it's marked on the map or if you can just it's like very visible, like you can see it. Um and you go up there and it's just here's a pirate radio station, and it's playing like uh and they have, you know, some little uh inside jokes about song titles, and I think it's playing like elevator music when you when you turn it on. And it plays it into the Mako, which I enjoy.
0: Oh, does it? Yeah. Uh, I I, can't I don't think I left it on long enough. I think I might have turned it off. I was like, I'm not going to be around. And Oh, that, that's cool that it's in the Mako. But, yeah, so ultimately with Balak, how, 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 do, how do you end things with him?
3: So I did not play true to the straight renegade here because I, I, I initially uh, did not let him escape. I killed him. Uh, or I fought him rather, and then killed him. And he did blow up all those hostages, and I did see like their charred remains. And I, Ooh. I felt bad. I was like, I'm gonna. So I, I save scummed, and <laughs> I'd let him go. Uh, he will show up later if you let him live. Uh, he, he does. He's a recurring character, uh, which is cool, especially now that like this isn't DLC. Like it's effectively canon to the game. This is this feels like a nice addition that like you don't have to pay to get this guy but you'll get some content with him later on.
0: So there's the one engineer Simon Atwell. And towards the end uh if he's I guess if he's still alive because I guess he 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 can also possibly die as one of the hostages, right? I think is he Yeah. Oh yeah, they can yeah. yeah. Okay. So if he's still alive, uh he offers you some stuff um and he's got like a really sweet Omni tool on at yeah. least it looked really sweet, and if you have enough charm or intimidate, you can be like, "Dude, the Omni tool now now I did not have enough to at- take the Omni tool unfortunately, so I'm just wondering if you guys I took that omni tool. Able to-
3: for tally I had to nice
1: yeah i got I got the Omni tool, it wasn't
0: well. Not just for talent, he also has some Quarian armor, which it's like, why do you have Quarian armor?
3: <laughs> Probably because like the game under provides uh Quarian armor, I feel like. Like most well, yes. vendors don't sell it. Even the alien armor vendors, a lot of them are like, well, we only do Turians and Krogans.
0: Well it makes it makes sense because mm-hmm. you figure they don't deal with Quarians that often, but no, but I guess that, but that's what makes it so odd. Like, why do you have Corian armor?
1: You know, you got, got, got your Corian fetishes going
0: on over here. We don't need to go back to that. Okay, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I had
3: forgotten that, and now it's, it's all come back.
1: I didn't even mean that, and I forgot I said that
2: last time too.
3: <laughs> Oops. But yeah, if you, if you don't let Balak go, like, Kate Bowman does not live. Like, he, nobody lives through this except for like the one guy on the outside. Uh, a lot of people die.
2: Nah, everybody's fine. Yeah, <laughs> well, in my playthrough, yeah, that's why. That's why I say Scum does like no. That's sad.
0: I just remember that the uh, that fight in the like because you've got like the the main vestibule area and it's all it's all circular. And again, that was like, an, the fight was annoying, which I I think means that I, I did enjoy it in a way, because it's like, you want your combat to be a little bit, not not challenging necessarily, but, uh, you know, engaging, I guess. And it's like, I do remember just like kind of ducking into the one room and trying to shoot around corners and stuff. I thought it was that, not only was it nice to have a new layout to play in, but I thought it was a very well done layout that there were a lot of little areas you could kind of to pick to, uh, to hide and shoot around and. Yeah, you like the steps going up and
3: yeah, the multi levels. Um and there's some, you know, targets you can take out. Uh like I think there's some nice exploding barrels that are set up really well. I mean, I don't think they're barrels exactly, but there's a I lot heard- of good combat details.
1: Yeah. Well that I also I love the vegetation. There's plant yes. life. Stuff in there. It's not just a like a very empty white room, you know?
0: Well that. What, what I feel like that was it almost felt like a mall in its layout like I don't know like they kind of like the, the main area and then you had everything off on the side like I know it, it's, it wasn't but yeah it, it felt it felt somewhere that you could see like oh this feels like a human col- like the, the other places I think like without the vegetation they feel like maybe like early colonies like okay like we just got here everything here is utilitarian if we don't need it we didn't bring it. And this is like, oh, hey, you know what? This is like second generation colonization now. Like, you know what? We got, we figured out plants. We've, you know, not just like plants, but like house plants. Like we've got, you know, room for, for some some decoration and actually, you know, kind of stretching our legs a little bit. Um, Because, I mean, from a utilitarian standpoint, there's a lot of wasted space in that vestibule. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. A huge amount of wasted space. And that's like a lot more oxygen's got to get produced for that. But, yeah, um,
3: this is maybe just a higher-end operation because they got to fly this asteroid, and so they, they spent the big bucks to have like a nice human habitation.
1: Actually, yes. now you mention it, it seems weirder now that it's on, it's on an asteroid that's being there to get demolished and turned into minerals, so why would you make a nicer base on there than on a stationary planet?
3: Well, it, because they're flying it into orbit, right? Like, So they're going to fly it into orbit, and it's going to take a while to hollow it out, so having, you know, a nicer habitat for the people that'll be up there for a while it makes sense.
1: Okay, do you think they'll like reuse it for a full colony then?
3: I would yeah, station? I would presume so. Yeah, I think I think the idea is like they're flying the the asteroid over, they're going to leave it right in the orbit of Terra Nova and people like miners will come up there and over the course of let's say months or a few years or whatever it is, they'll mine the whole darn thing out and uh and so they need somewhere to live. That's Why funny. not just drop the mod? It is weird though that they would put a nice module like that on before flying the asteroid like closer into orbit, because you'd think it would be easier to do it near orbit than
2: we, we don't build habitats. But, uh, it's true. That, I don't I'm not
3: a habitat engineer.
1: Yeah. How'd you guys feel with like uh Kate's brother, brother got like uh just just killed right there? Yeah. Just executed. That was I found it very brutal. I was like, oh Oh no!
3: Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Which was another reason I wanted Kate to live. Is like, well, I want to talk to you about this. It's all very
0: sad. Well, I, I think they did a good job of trying to establish Balak as like a terrible, you know, a terrible person. That you know they're they're going to they're going to sacrifice uh, Aaron, uh, Kate's brother, in that way. Uh, you know, they're gonna. You know, and even even you know, this is even before your your introduction to him, just the fact that they point out like yeah, like you know, dropping asteroids on planets is like in violation of a whole bunch of codes. Like this isn't you know, like this is not something that we want people doing on a regular basis. So it is very strongly you know, disencouraged and uh or discouraged and and you know you know, from the intergalactic community it's just not not something we want people doing. So we all we already know he, he's 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 off the book on this one. Way off the book, yeah, and I think that's when
3: when you talk down the like, uh, one other Batarian guy, like the other Batarian squad leader, that's part of what you can tell him is like, are you really in for this, or did you just want to make some credits and get the heck out of here?
1: Right. Mm-hmm. I was also really fascinated by his reason for wanting to do all this is because humans are stronger and beat them at conquer at taking over the area. Because like humans got there first, they tried to like go there, fight them off, take their resources. They lost. And then tried to talk, take it to the council and get them to remove the humans. And they're like, no, nope, you're lost.
2: You don't get it. And pretty pissed by that. I'm like, you're completely in the wrong here. I'm not sure why you're upset. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Humans are only weaker if you play fair. <laughs> That's fair. If you decided to drop an asteroid on them, who's weaker now? <laughs> Very fair, yeah. but then again,
1: oh, go ahead.
3: No, yeah, I mean that. That's that's right. It, it really paints the Batarians in a pretty bad light. Um, it, it is. It is really. It's interesting that this is how they chose to introduce them.
0: Well, given given the events of Mass Effect Two, it makes total sense. Yes, sure. The, I mean, they, because even then, I mean, you look at the races that we had previously, and. The Asari are kind of the, the the you know the the the, the sexy alien race. You've got the Solarian as your your kind of nerdy race. You've got the Turians are your they're militaristic, but they're kind of n- they're your lawful race. Lawful, yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's perfect. Yep. Yeah. And your your Krogan is your 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 warrior aggressive race. But even then, they're not, like, Rex is cool. Like, like, you know, they. I think for all the races that they've introduced so far, at least the major races, you can't hate on them too much because you have one in your party that you are going to befriend and, you know, presumably you're going to, you know, grow to appreciate. And so they need, like, they need a bad guy race. They need a race that you're just like, Okay, you know what? these guys. Anytime I see them, they suck, and I can just like pretty much open fire, and I'm not gonna feel bad about it. They kind of use the krogans that way, but not no. They, 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 oh, but- they're outside of Rex, at least in the first game. In the first game, oh, and they continue but,
3: to. I mean, you still run into yeah. krogans throughout, but it, there's always like sort of a reason for it. Either it's well, it's mercs, and you fight mercs, or um, right, you know, or the krogans were like indoctrinated, or were somehow. Coerced against, like the cloned Krogans. I think in uh, a Vermeier, for example, right? So
1: yeah, or or they're fighting to get the Genophage because their race has been like euthanized. So they're, like, you know, they're kind of visibly angry,
3: right? But like, yeah, it, yeah, the Batarians or, seem like they just took a tra- I mean, look honestly, like I, if I look at this from like a Western Hemisphere point of view, the Batarians seem like kind of like Cold War Russians. I feel like like they're made out yes. in that kind of way, like late era, like eighties Cold War Russians is is the way I look at them, from, from an American point of view.
2: That's very, very like, good.
0: Like, all the other races, they may distrust humans, dislike humans, but they, they're very kind of... They, they, still, they still work with you, and they're very, if they don't like you, they're kind of just cold about it. Yeah. The Batarians are the ones, that, the, the first ones that are openly hostile.
3: Right, and, and they, they th- do all of this stuff to like subvert you know, human interests in particular. They've got a lot of beef.
0: Yes. So much beef. And, and yeah, and, and so yeah, they and then and, and it set up it sets up fertile ground for Mass Effect 2 for for some of the, the stuff that happens in Mass Effect 2.
3: Yeah. And but, it, yeah, it's it is interesting because you never you do never get a Batarian squad, mate. Right. I, all the way dumb. into Andromeda, there's no playable Batarians. So I, I think maybe in the um multiplayer you might be able to like play as a Batarian model or something, yeah. but well, in the multiplayer,
1: not, you can you can pretty much be anything. You can even right be a, exactly be a, a, a Gef Prime. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So they, I, th- I think this not this not only serves as like an, you know an interesting standalone story, but as 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 it adds to the the Mass Effect lore in a meaningful way, and by introducing the Batarians and really establishing them as uh, you know the you know the the antagonists that they're going to be. I don't know if they're really necessarily intact, but they're they're just they're a, they're a constant thorn in Shepard's side at the minimum, if not if not outright hostile and, and
3: dangerous. And, no, I mean Batarians suck. Like they suck. They're made to suck. It's it's okay. It's very intentional.
1: Yeah, they're they're space assholes, you know.
3: Yeah. Right. There's one
1: interesting thing about this mission that I don't know, but probably most will know is: Did you know that the uh, all three of the torches on the plant, on the asteroid? are all different
3: like, like the models for them
1: yeah there was a by the, the when they were designing this the dev team had three different teams they were in a competition to see who could design <laughs> it with limited resources
3: huh and then all three did good enough to throw all three that's fun. i had no idea <laughs> that's great also, I, uh, I, I just looked this up. It was uh, 400 Microsoft points, which in human dollars translates to $5 when it originally came out. So, absolutely worth $5. That sounds very oh, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. bad. Yeah. This
0: yeah, was no so horse armor. They,
1: yeah. I am so glad they got rid of the whole freaking point system. That pissed me off. so dumb. It was like, so it, was
2: like
3: <laughs> it just always made me think of that Simpsons episode where they go to Krusty Land and it's like you get the Krusty Land fun bucks. Like, just let me use money. <laughs> Nintendo did that, too, for a while, too. And it was on the same weird conversion rate. It was like a dollar got you like 80 points. And I, I don't know what that rate came like comes from.
1: It made no sense at all. Then they're like, hey, what if I just give you gift cards in money form? And
2: we're like, thank you.
3: But it was like it was so dumb because it was like go buy a $20 gift card for 1600 points. Like, what the so all of that said, do we
4: have
0: anything else to say about bring down the sky?
2: Don't no, check it That's it. Real quick. Um,
0: well, I think now it's time to bring down this podcast. So let's right. go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing. And thank you for listening. We are at squad goals and seven on Twitter. Also at the mash network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you?
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at WD, that's double Y-E-W-D-E-E. Uh, and you can find me right here on the MASH Network, on Wondrous Tales, where every other week we talk all about the uh, critically acclaimed, uh, massively multiplayer online RPG, Final Fantasy XIV. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Uh, Kura, where can people find you?
1: If <laughs> oh, you guys want to find me, you can find me on Twitter, at KuroMaris, K-U-R-A. B-A-R-A-S, or on Twitch.tv slash where people have been tweeting at me that I need to start my Pokemon streams again, so I'll get to, onto that soon. And uh, you can find me every week talking about about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, or you can find us on Twitter, at Dropping Spicy.
2: Surprise, surprise. And uh, that's all I got for the moment. What about you, Nick?
0: And you can find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, where I talk about Warcraft news and guild management. And also on the Torn in the Goblin, where we normally talk about Warcraft story and lore. I am also at WookieBH on Twitter. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. and Visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. Stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Curra, I'm Nick, and I should go. It's my favorite podcast on the network.
3: See you, Commander.